down the far side, got a man open in the end zone. Stills grabs a touchdown. Kenny Stills, what a pair of hands. Lehman showing blitz. There's the blitz. Yesterday, man, they're scared. Damn scared. They're scared, and that's not to our advantage. You're up against a scared man, a scared team. Super job, you're a champion, undisputed All champion. right, guys, welcome to the Bud, Barry, Bob, and Beer podcast. We are on so many podcast platforms. You guys should subscribe to all of them. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Kamir Marami, and I am joined by Stephen Brown. Stephen. After a gnarly round of storms uh, last <clears throat> night, pretty, you could say that really every day in May. Um, how, how, how are we doing, man? Power's still on. We have internet capability. Uh, how are you doing today? It's good. The, the power's still on. All the lights in my room have burned down. I don't have any light bulbs to replace them. So I'm doing this by TV light and uh, candlelight for this podcast. Is it is it a scented candle? Uh, it is. I have no idea. It was a gift. It's like a small candle. It's like, is it pleasant? Cash, cashmere. Cashmere. Something uh, like that. Cashmere is a uh, is a song by Led Zeppelin. So there's yeah. a kudos there. So th- does it have any scent? Is or is it just kind of like just hanging out? It's not very strong. It's just like kind of keeps it fresh. All right. I, you know, I like keeping it fresh. It's not nothing crazy. Yeah. Well, spring is over uh, <clears throat> for the football team. But we're going to end the summer. Yeah, we'll get some notes here and there. We'll, we'll see who gets bigger here and there and who gets faster and who's getting a little a few more reps and who Dylan Gabriel's organizing camps with and yada, yada, all that kinds of stuff. But one of the things that it's important to emerge into the summer and the fall um, are, you know, things that we expect to happen. Like, for example, we both expect the offensive line to get better, or at least hopefully you expect somebody <clears throat> to emerge maybe from the wide receiver room. So speaking on that, what what are some of the burning questions that you may have? Not necessarily just about the football team, but about the coaches, about the administration, et cetera. Uh, what, what kind of burning questions do you have that are going to emerge maybe possibly in the fall of 2023? I think one that the one that hasn't been talked about is what impact does Smitty have on the program? Because we saw last season, essentially, this team looked more physical. They looked more ready. But again, they're still kind of far behind. You look like a guy like Kip Lewis, uh, highly yeah. talented, very fast linebacker, but he still has a ways to go. Uh, I mean, you look at the defensive line, they look good, but they're kind of squishy still like trace Ford, I think could still add another five pounds or so. So that's actually something for him. Yeah. That that's, that's actually something. And that's a great point you made. Uh, that's actually something that uh, last week's podcast, Philip Slavin from the 1012 network. He said our first year playing um, our first year with Brent Venables, it looked like a Lincoln Riley strength and conditioning coach team trying to play a Brent Venable style of 
uh, offense and defense. And I think that speaks volumes to what you just mentioned, right? Like strength and conditioning, it just doesn't seem there yet. And how, like, how far do you think this team is off of playing the brand of football that Brent Venables likely wants to play? Cause they, they, they led the big 12 in rushing, although albeit that doesn't mean the offensive line was that great. Eric Gray was actually pretty great. Uh, but how far behind do you think they are physically? Do you think? Usually when you replace a strength and conditioning coach, uh, good or bad, you kind of see the returns in the third season. So I'm, I'm sure we'll see something coming up this fall, uh, but I don't think we'll see the final product for at least another year or so. Until the first stop in the SEC. Huh? Yeah. Unfortunately, you kind of wish you would, you know what you had, but I mean, it, it feels like they're going the right direction at least. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you like you wish you know what you had, but like, I wish you know where you're going, especially with all these guys that Oklahoma is in good favor with. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, especially on the defensive end since Brent has been at Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, but the only thing they're missing, those defensive linemen. I mean, I feel, I, I feel good about the depth this year, especially in the Big 12, but they don't have that guy. Like, what, what, who, who is the last guy? that you really looked at and said, okay, damn, he is the prime defensive lineman within the last decade. I mean, Ronnie Perkins was almost there. I don't think he Ronnie, I, yeah, Ronnie Perkins took over totally. that. But, I would say Ronnie uh, Perkins, definitely. Jordan Phillips, maybe? And he Can was 2013, 14? Yeah, 13, 14. Two within there. the last decade? Like uh, Charles Walker, maybe. Not really. I don't think I would put Gallimore in that category. No, yeah, Gallimore like, he like good. is he's steady. He plays. He plays. He plays well for the for the Cowboys, sure. But he he he. We never saw that at Oklahoma. We saw that at after an NFL training. Yeah, training there's some consistency program. issues there. But yeah, I would say Jordan Phillips probably like twenty fourteen. Like, like the guy. Like we're not talking about like high average, high level guys. We're talking about elite dudes in the middle. We're talking Gerald McCoys. Um, and we're talking guys that affect the game every snap. And we came up with Ronnie Perkins, which I agree with. And Jordan Phillips, I also just agree with. Like, who else? Like, Charles Walker there. Was, a, was a guy that you could have, have fun with, but he never really we amounted to Lampkin that. thought Lampkin would be that dude, but we thought Lampkin developed. And he should have spent another year at OU, I, I think. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's been a long time. And, and that just speaks fans, out how hard it is to get those bodies. So, I mean, yeah, you look at the recruiting right now. Uh, and, and that's why I'm going to lose what it. it was under Lincoln Riley. I'm going to freaking lose it if they don't get David Stone because of all that. <laughs> he, he's, he's an Oklahoma product. Like, holy crap, you need to get David Stone. And like, like you mentioned, like talk talk more about Lincoln Riley. Tell me Tell me about that. I mean, Lincoln Riley, he was getting close, but most of his impact defensive linemen were on the edge. So, like, mm -hmm. if you look at his final class before he went to USC, he would have had, like, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. on the edge, which would have been a really good pickup, but it does nothing for your, your the center of your defense. So, you're still running into the same issues there. I don't think he ever closed on an elite defensive lineman in the interior. And that has been such a problem. I mean... Have you been able to rotate guys in? Sure. Like from the defensive end to the, to the tackle spot. 
but is that conducive to playing a style of football, especially under Brent Venables, my goodness, that requires the interior defensive linemen to actually knock back, you know, centers and guards uh, without twisting your stunting, just like straight up four down linemen, maybe three down linemen and still being able to get pressure. And that hasn't really been the case under Lincoln Riley. I mean, like that one year they had, what was it? Was it Ronnie Perkins, Gallimore, uh, Redmond, and whoever else Perry on the edge? Winfrey. It would be and yeah. Perry and Winfrey. That that defensive line just killed everybody. But unfortunately, Oklahoma didn't have the you know, the uh, the defense and the physical the physical capability in the trenches to win the college football playoff. Like that was the last decent OU offensive line that I could rely on. Or or do you feel like there was another defensive line that oh you could rely on? I mean, it was good for the Big Twelve, but once you step into another conference, let's say you go to the playoffs and you play an SEC team, you're gonna have a lot of trouble getting pressure because those tackles are gonna be bigger, so it's gonna be harder to get around the edge, and you don't have anyone that can clog those line those lanes in the middle, so you're just gonna get run over. So, I mean, it was a good defensive line. I don't want to take away from those players, but you know your scheme doesn't really fit a championship narrative, if that makes right. sense. Like Nick Benito would get pressure, but it's much less, especially if you don't have those guys in the middle to take the attention away from that yeah. offensive line. And that's like, Nick Benito, that's, he's a really good pass rusher, but if they're just going to run up the middle every time, he's kind of ineffective. And uh, you're right. That's what, that's what they did. Eric Stryker, besides the fact he was a little bit, you know, yeah, he's, small uh for his position um other burning questions i mean i mean my biggest thing and i've harped on it for so long is wide receivers um there's nobody that's proven uh i i say that drake stoops is the most clutch wide receiver that oklahoma has or a receiver in general that oklahoma has on the on the team right now just because just by looking at last the last couple seasons especially last year the guy making the important catches on third down, uh, especially when it's like third and six, when you needed it, when he actually won those games or kept those games at least close, it was usually Drake Stoops. Um, it wasn't really me, even that Mar- it wasn't really Marvin Mims last year, uh, in, in particular. And so Drake Stoops is your most clutch receiver. You are hoping Jaleel Farouk has a breakout season. You are hoping Brennan Thompson, because he has superstar track speed, uh, you're hoping Jaquez Petaway is able to come on in his first year. You're hoping Andrew Anthony. You know what I mean? I keep on saying the phrase hoping. And who steps up? I think Austin Stogner, he actually has an SEC body because he spent time in the SEC. And I think he's actually going to be beneficial in boxing out defensive backs. And I think Dylan Gabriel's that's going to be a nice target for him to hopefully not overthrow at six foot, like eight. Um, but uh, I feel like Austin Sogner is going to play a much larger role in this offense than Brain Willis did last year, uh, just because of his sheer size. Um, but what do you, what do you think about that? As far as wide receivers, I, do you think that's fair? I think there's some fairness to it. Uh, I also think there's a lot of talent on the roster, like LV Bunkley Sheldon. I think is a guy that could absolutely contribute. I feel yep. like I've been saying that for a year, but uh, I mean, he just I was wondering, looks the part I was wondering why he, he couldn't get on the field last year. I mean, not really any of the receivers got on the field last year. 
It was just odd. a three-man rotation or just yeah, yeah, three dudes out there. It doesn't help when you go three and out. Yeah, that, that doesn't help. But Andrew Anthony, I mean, I like the speed, but the consistency, consistency issues are kind of glaring, so I'm not expecting a ton from him. Uh, Nick Anderson is a guy that looks the part again, but can he stay healthy? Can he, can he get back and then develop in time for the fall? Uh, DJ Graham, we already know the hands are talented, but, you know, can he learn the offense? Can he learn the routes? Can he learn to be a receiver at the next level? He hasn't done that in, what, three years? So Great. there's a lot of questions, Mark, but I like some of the talent that they have in place. Well, uh, which ones in particular? Like, who who you counting on? He he counting on being on the field day one. Like, let's say they have a three-receiver, a tight end, one tight end set, uh, just with one of the running backs in the backfield. Who, We're who talking you uh, like week one. Who's the starting three? Yep, starting three receivers and then tight end. Obviously, it's going to be we'll starting, go, uh, so you can just go yeah. get rid of that name. Let's go Farouk. Obviously, uh, one of the only guys that produced last year that's returning. Drake Stoops um, for my third. It's that third one, right? You know, I talked to LB Bunkley Sheldon, but I think I think it's be another uh, Gavin Freeman situation. I think he starts early on. Oh my god! I know that pains you, but he just feels like a guy that's gonna be reliable that they want out there. Uh, um, he's a Brent guy. He's a Brent guy. You can just say he's, he's a Brent guy. guy. I, you said it. I, I just he's said a he's a Brent guy. guy. He's a hard, he's a hard, no. Don't get me wrong. He's a hard <laughs> worker. He's a he's a hard worker. He's a he has speed for days. He's just not he's not your six foot three Jaden Gibson type of guy that you have high hopes for, right? Uh Nick Anderson, same boat. He's large receiver, uh fast. Um, but is, is he healthy? Is he reliable, et cetera? Uh Gavin Freeman, he's made plays. He made plays last year. Uh came on the scene and surprised everybody quite a few times. Uh he just it's just not a name that I'm I'm wanting to hear. You know, of, of course, uh you you want a Brennan Thompson. Who, of course, it, it, it makes it even sweeter that if he does succeed, that he did come from the University of Texas. He's a burner on the outside. And I think with Drake Soup's playing kind of a slot role and Jaleel Fru kind of being on one side of the uh, field of his own, that you're looking at another outside guy. And I, I think I think Brennan Thompson probably starts there or or Andrew Anthony, one of the big guys, one of the big burners that can actually run for days. But again, somebody's got to step up, uh, and that's that's one of my burning questions. Do you have any on the defensive side of the ball? Not burning or, or, questions. Or, or, questions. Or offensive off. line. Offensive line altogether is a question. Yeah, for real. <laughs> They're just not healthy. They're not not productive. They've got a got a long road ahead of them, and uh, I, I just don't expect them to be as good as they were last year starting in the fall. I think they'll take a, a brief step back and then they'll get things together probably week five or six. I, I think one of my big burning questions is if this coaching staff has matured. Yeah, last, that's a good last year felt if the last year felt a lot like they were building the plane walls in the damn sky. Yeah. It always felt like, I don't want to say Brent's not in charge, but you know, in those situations on offense where you need a timeout or something like that, you know, how how much was he paying attention? Or how much was his focus on kind of getting his defense ready? 
So like it was weird. It was weird. Like like remember when Mike and Bob were together and we would always joke about the defense needing timeouts and oh you would be out of timeouts by the end of the half. And then it was the reverse this past year where you would go to half with all three timeouts and you would have all three timeouts with like till two minutes left in the, in the entire game. And you had been up two scores and suddenly you're down a score. And it's just like, what, what the heck is going on as Brent, as a game manager and Jeff Levy as a play yeah, I mean, caller. He's never, never been asked to be a game manager either. So, I mean, I, I kind of give him some leeway on that, but at the same time, you're the head coach Oklahoma. of Oklahoma. So you gotta gotta have your stuff together there. And you gotta you gotta imagine that he he talked to Bob. He's talked to he's talked to Bob and 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 uh Dab Oak because apparently he apparently has a much uh much uh, larger relationship and expanded relationship than I thought he would at Oklahoma with Dabo than I previously thought. I thought it'd be very much a lot of Bob. Um, but that's kind of changed. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious about the, their maturity as a coaching staff, because that needs to change as well. That's another reason why Oklahoma went six and seven. It wasn't just the players as well. Um, so we well, always kind of thinking Seth Luttrell there. He's also had yeah. experience as a head coach. That's true. So and, uh, oh, and the, te- the Texas tech guy. Yeah. What's his name? Matt Wells, Matt, Matt Wells. So, I mean, do they have an expanded role as far as like, hey, you know, Brent's always needed a get back guy. Maybe they become like the the timeout guy. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, thinking of thinking of Brent in particular, as far as himself going into this next season, how much pressure is on him? Do you think? I think there's a fair amount of pressure for him to succeed. And uh, I think some of that is like, what is the definition of success for this team? Um, I don't sure. think they're a national championship contender by any means, but they should win, you know, nine, 10 games. They should be in the big 12 championship and they should, you know, win the big 12 championship. They're one of the most talented programs um, in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it, you know, they have the big bodies in the trenches. So, uh, a lot of the guys that were impact players for the Big 12 have already gone on to the NFL. Uh, this is Oklahoma's chance to kind of get back into it and kind of take over again. Do you think that Brent is facing more pressure externally uh, from by fans or 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 certainly internally? Because I, you know, like six and seven is heck. When Oklahoma went seven and four and won the bowl game, the Sun Bowl, and went eight and four or eight and five, or whatever the heck it was, uh, I remember when the, the 2005 season, fans were complaining that Oklahoma shouldn't even go to the bowl game because that was so disrespectful. <laughs> and Oklahoma six and seven, and 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 the 2005 team we knew was going to be bad or it was talented, but obviously didn't work out, and. Six and seven, inexcusable by any standard, by the amount of talent that's on that team in comparison to all the other teams that they faced. And so, I mean, you got to think he's been, fa- he faces a lot of more pressure internally. Yeah. From the, from the staff administration. I think the administration, but also from himself. I mean, he's a pretty emotional guy. He's pretty in tune with, with the sport of football. So I think 
for his level or his, his bar for success is probably a lot higher than fans want to chatter. I mean, it's kind of made up that he's just kind of like a, oh, you know, we win, but we're winning off the field too kind of guy. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure from Brandon himself to get this program back where it was. Do you think that makes him push the gas uh, a, l- uh, a little bit down uh, to the floor a little bit more this year uh, as far as being more intense or like more into it, if you mean it, if, if, if you know what I mean? I don't think he was ever out of it. I think the pressure will stay the same. I think the intensity, it might ramp up a little bit because you have guys that have been in the program. They know kind of what the bar is now and they'll, they'll carry that over in practice and that will just make everything better. But um, I don't think, there's like a next level of Brent we're going to see. I think he he knows what he has to be. Um, I don't think he's as far off as people think. So um, I don't think he'll change. It's just, you know, can you manage a game better? Essentially. I think your roster's okay. What's that? What's that comes his former Clemson linebacker. That's now on staff as a GA linebackers. So like that, I, I just know that um, Brent has that was done, a big hire. It, it, it was in like, the team has been the, the coaching staff has certainly been through the spring and I imagine it'll be a little bit different this summer and then fall camp. It'll be hell once again for them, uh, but they've definitely amped it up a notch, but Brent has a strict, like no cussing policy uh, or, you know, you can let an F bomb go <laughs> here or there. Especially, oh yeah. The, the play, the coaches do not curse at the players, uh, especially in the meeting room. Like that, that's a big emphasis. I mean, I'm sure it happens on the coaching field, on the, on the field, regardless, of course, you'll hear oh, it here I saw there. Some on the, the practice field and some of the, the videos that were out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is it, one of them. It, it, it'll happen, but Skalski is like a major offender. He's like, he has to like pull back sometimes, apparently, which I think is kind of funny. I mean, because like, like, you know, like we've talked about it, like the, the, the it feels like a youth group. Uh, youth youth pastor kind of coach mentality as far as like what it was last year in comparison to this year if this year feels like they've amped up the intensity like they know what they have to do this year they know that they have to take care of business they know they have to get what what back to you were saying is to the big 12 title or at least be in the mix for at the end of the year they know they need to do that uh so they've ramped up that intensity so speaking of intense though do you expect fans because next this is the last year in the big 12 do you expand, expect fans to change how they conduct themselves as they enter the SEC? Uh, because, I mean, Oklahoma fans, I don't think, are ready for the the amount of intensity of SEC certain certain SEC fan bases. There are, you know, there's your Mississippi states, there's your other, you know, Auburns that are your going to be your typical. Yeah, they're going to be your typical. Uh, college fan base that you're used to like um, i mean oklahoma's been to ohio state oklahoma's been to notre dame they know what it feels like to be around a real fan base uh but day in and day out especially alabama uh, if 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 that's a a a rumored ou leak that ou would be going to tuscaloosa their first year in the sec holy crap do you think oklahoma would acclimate to the sec or how many years do you think it would take them to do to do so because this leaving a halftime doesn't happen to sec schools as much it happens but it doesn't happen as much yeah there's gonna be a lot of adjustment as far as just like in stadium participation and out of the stadium participation like tailgating tailgating is gonna have to take a big step forward 
when you head to the SEC because that's just I mean SEC football is there's a culture to it and part of it is you know having a big tailgate and when you go to Oklahoma I'm not gonna say it's you bad charge for tailgating you gonna charge for it yeah they charge for it it's it feels more formalized than it should be it should just be set up a tent open a cooler have a grill maybe throw a TV up and, and just kind of drink and have fun but they're, they're going into a business here. There are going to be a lot more SEC fans at these games in Norman. I don't. I don't think people realize that SEC fans are committed, and they will drive several miles to go see their teams play. And so they will take more spots in the stadium by OU fans that sell their tickets. That yeah, they're another another sellout for today's home crowd you know all that bull crap you know there's empty seats in the stadium because people just just have season tickets um they're gonna be a lot of sec fans but buying those tickets as well and i think ou fans need to get ready for that because it's gonna take some time i mean go to death valley go to lsu and tell me that if ou loses that's gonna freak them the hell out hell I, i think i think going back to College Station is going to be a wake-up call. Oh, you used to play there all the time. And every year I thought, even if OU was the better team, man, this if it's shake, it's always shaky at College Field. It's always shaky or at the at the 12th man it's stadium. It's always weird right? when you, you walk college, into it's a call. stadium. Yeah. <laughs> when you it's walk into weird. the birthplace of the clan, uh college station. But uh it, it's the it it was always difficult playing there. And you have so many more stadiums just like that in the sec in particular and i think it's going to be a rude awakening not just for the fans i think it's going to be yeah. adjustment for the players they're not going to be as nice like I, I don't want to say the sec doesn't have nice people because i think you're going to go to most schools sure. and be fairly welcomed like LSU, probably yeah. you won't be welcomed there nope. um nobody but is. I mean, Arkansas, I think people from Arkansas welcome you in. But once you walk into the stadium, it's just a free-for-all. 100%. Like, yeah, like, Arkansas, the the animosity's there. Like, there's a lot of jokes between the Oklahoma fan base and the Arkansas fan base. But at a tailgate, everybody's drinking beer, and you really can't tell who who each other is because they're they're relatively wearing the same colors. So you have to get up close to actually see, like, unless they have a flag, like, at their tailgate, you know, like, what fan base they're sporting. (laughs) Because same thing for OU and Alabama. They're literally the crimson tide, okay? So it's going to be a lot of the same color. Uh, it's And so, but like you said, once you're in the stadium, unless you're LSU and a couple of the fan bases, um, it's hostile. And that is not Oklahoma. That's not the fan base. How, how, many, how many years do you think it's going to take Oklahoma and their fan base to get used to that and to create an atmosphere similar to, two other sec fan base atmospheres i think the atmosphere will probably bump up just because they're, they have the sec patch and you have a new schedule and everyone wants okay. to go and and be rowdy and obviously i think oklahoma will be on tv quite a bit in that first season uh nationally but for a consistent thing i think five years so i think it's going to take some time and i think i think i think i think it helps and like you mentioned like throughout the sec patch sure they're also playing like good teams. I mean, like I'm not saying that ranked teams. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not saying that the Big Twelve is short on good teams. I mean, after especially after a six and seven season, I'm of course I'm not gonna say that crap. 
Um, but I am going to say that, like you said, they're ranked teams and that it's not exactly the most sexy thing to wake up at 11 a.m. or wake up at 10 a.m., uh, 9.30, whatever, to go play Texas Tech. It's, it's not the most fun to wake up and go play Kansas. And so I think the atmosphere changes just by knowing that, hey, you're playing Ole Miss. You're playing Texas A&M. You're playing Arkansas. You're playing, you know, I, I think it takes up a notch just by the opponents you're playing in Norman or and vice versa. I think I think it changes the behavior because it's it's been shown Oklahoma shows up even for Tennessee when they sucked. Yeah, Tennessee fans are insane. But I mean, I think those people are nice too. I don't think they're like assholes like LSU or Florida, Texas A&M. I think I think Tennessee is a it's kind of like Oklahoma. Like they'll show up when they need to. Yeah. I I agree. But we got some Twitter, Discord, uh, uh, mailbag stuff and got a really, really, really cool experiment uh, that I thought, thought would take a little bit of time from. And uh, it was rating the transfers into the program for this year. Um, and I, I'm, I kind of put them in tiers for us. And we can just go down the list, man, if, pretty easily. As far as players that are, we think are going to play a lot of snaps, players that will play some snaps here or there, spot minutes, of course. Uh, players that are just going to be waiting to play uh, maybe for an injuries case or something like that, or guys are simply just there for depth and or, and or numbers. And we're going to go straight from the top down, basically the most recent to the uh, guys that got in the portal and jumped OE first. So let's, let's go down their list. Connor near that name does not sound familiar to you because he is a linebacker from Ferris state, even though he is the latest transfer. And it was an interesting one. It was an interesting story behind him. But what do you think? Is is he just a depth guy? He is a situational player. I think um, they brought him in just because he's played some football. He's played some football. I don't know if you want to call it a high level, but he's played successful football for Ferris State. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if there's an injury, I think he's the first guy off the bench that goes in. Really? Not, not Shane so. Witter? I've been waiting on Shane Witter for it feels like four years, three years. Like that. We have, you know, you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, I mean, there's a reason they brought him in and it's not just for him to kind of just sit back and relax. I think he's clearly a depth guy. He's not going to start, but I think, you know, in an emergency situation, let's say Stutzman goes down for a game. Connor here probably gets the nod. I was about to say you don't you don't think they go with one of the other frosh you don't do do you don't think they have like uh or can they'll rotate more freshman anymore? Okay, they'll rotate. Like I don't think he's going to sit out there like as many snaps as uh, Stutzman did last year. Fair, but on you know on certain running downs or certain downs where they think you know they need some some muscle in the middle, I'm pretty sure they'll just go with him. Gosh, I go 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 with Picciotti. That that dude got big. Oh my god! He did wonders for him. He's a, he's a first off the bus guy, but I think he probably needs he's gonna at take least a year. year. Yep, he's gonna take a couple he's years. He's got to get those too. feet right. And also, you have Kip Lewis there, Kobe McKenzie there. He's gonna have to fight for a spot. Uh, he might be, you know, yeah. It, it's gonna be tough sledding for those linebackers. They got a lot of talent. I think he's a depth guy too, but I think I think you're. I I, I wouldn't think you missed the mark on that. I, I'd say he would be situational. I mean, OU loves themselves some walk-on linebackers because I don't think he's a I don't think he's a scholarship guy anyway. Um, but let's move on to Troy Everett. 
that was that one kind of surprised me. Uh, Appalachian State offensive lineman is he a depth guy? Uh, waiting to play, testing the testing the waters because Oklahoma's offensive line uh, you can never get enough bodies in there that are uh, that are legitimate. What do you what do you think? Because they yeah, do they are injury prone, guy, but just because all the injuries and the lack of you know passing the eye test in the in the spring game, I kind of think he might push for a spot. I don't know what spot it will be, but it feels like uh, the door is wide open for him to you know maybe grab a guard spot. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's fair. Like that's what or I was center, thinking about. I don't know, like. I I felt like that he could maybe possibly I I, th- I think he's more likely to to be an inside lineman and actually take some snaps than Caleb Schaefer uh, from Miami Ohio is I think he's more likely to do the do so because this guy uh, because Everett played a lot of snaps at Appalachian State and I think they're more prestigious in Miami Ohio but I think Caleb Schaefer Schaefer's is more, more ready to play physically yeah he's played more. But Everett, I think, might have the higher upside. But he he needs to have a good summer because he's kind of skinny. No, I for agree. Offensive lineman, and he's young. He's young. He's got like what three years to play? Uh, I want it's two or three. One of those. But but I think yeah, I think he's there. He's I think he's a weight to play depth guy. Uh, I think he's kind of in between those two. Brendan Thompson, uh, I. It's one of those things. I think I think he plays some at least. He's a burner. You need he's the he's a guy that thrives in this offense. Plays a lot. I don't I don't know. That's the mystery for me. What do you think? I think he'll play a lot, but he will not play early, and that's kind of why um, I didn't name him earlier. I think he's a guy that obviously has tremendous upside, tremendous speed. Uh, he's a guy that if you look traditionally at Jeff Lega offenses, everyone wants to point to size. It's always the fast guy that makes the production. Like the size is is a plus, yeah. but you don't have to be six three, six four, six five. You can get away with being six foot, six one. I think Brandon Thompson's five nine, so he's yeah. kind of pushing it there. But absolutely a guy that can play. Um, he just has to get serious about football. And and the route and the route tree is not is not hard to learn. Okay, it we're, we're, like, yeah, Brandon Thompson, especially that. as with, especially with guys like Brendan Thompson. I mean, he's running go routes. I mean, he's got track star speed. He's running go routes. Uh, It's not going to be too difficult for what they want him. He might even be a situational guy to begin with and then maybe expand a role from there. Who knows? Um, Blake Smith, old club hand, caught the caught the first touchdown (laughs) in this in the in the spring game. Is he just a depth guy? I mean, they've got Caden Helms, Jason Llewellyn all banged up along with Stogner. Or do you think he actually has a role in the team? I, I, I can't I think tell. It's a limited role. Very limited. I think, I think, so, like, I think they so go with too. Like, two tight end set mm-hmm. for like uh for like heavier heavier sets. I think he'll probably play. He's a he's a blocking tight end. And I don't, so I don't know line, if he's on scholarship. Is he on scholarship? Short yardage. I think he is on scholarship. Pretty sure. He should just use that club instead of his hands. Like a he's gonna be a <laughs> blocking tight end, if I'm gonna be honest. You know, you can smack around somebody with that, and you, with your hand, you, you have to worry yeah, about actually hurting it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can't really face mask anybody. You can punch the hell out of somebody. It hurts more with a club and in the, in the gut than it does with the hand. Yeah. 
especially if you don't feel it. I'll give him a limited time. I think so too. I I, I think we seeing him him sparingly, especially I with uh, with the way they're going to use Stogner, but they're going to have they're going to have some somebody to come in and play. Uh, and whether that's Jason Llewellyn, uh, whether that's Caden Helms, one of the young guys, I don't know. I mean, heck, they're tra- they're they're converting quarterbacks into tight ends. That's that's concerning to me uh, in, in in its own, and that's that could be another burning <laughs> question. Uh, Walter Rouse, I I, I think it, he plays a lot, right? Starter, probably should be right. At least pushes for a starting spot, or he, he's going to start at some game. Who takes snaps from him? Possibly. Cool. Say Good it. Question. I mean, you I don't know think the answer. That solidified a spot. You're thinking of a name. You got to start. Yeah, I think. He's, I, 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 you think Caden Green? He looked good. It's like a right? maybe. See, I you were thinking yeah, of a but, name. I don't know if you would want to throw a true freshman out there. I guess you could. No, but... no, hell no, hell no. no. Not not with this year with Brent. You got to lean on. I did it with Anton Harrison. Yep. And even he struggled. He did. But. No, you know, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I, I starter, he they brought they brought him in for a reason. Uh, it's interesting to think that uh, McCabe Matower um, is gonna be with another Pac-12 guy, and we joke about the Pac-12 not being physical at all, and Oklahoma is gonna feature two Pac-12 linemen on their offensive line. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. not a good. But who knows? Uh, I mean, Rouse came in with a high pedigree, uh, with with uh, being a guy that should be a linchpin on most offensive lines on, in in Power Five. So I feel comfortable saying he's a he's a starter. Um, you just you mentioned his name not that long ago. Angel Anthony plays a lot, maybe. I think he'll play some. I don't think he's going to play that much. Really? Because it's just it goes back to the consistency thing. Like, if the talent is so good, I know Michigan's not a passing team by any means, and their sure. pedigree of quarterbacks sucks. But somehow that has to burst through at some point. I mean, it only he, happened for he one did game. get a lot of snaps. He did get a lot of snaps during the spring game, on regardless of who the QB was. I think that says something. Like, I'm I'm not holding my breath for that one. No, I know. No, I'm not saying like the, to the fact that. It says something that like, hey, he's a guy that they're he's really coming on. I think it's a guy that hey, he really needs the snaps. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's what you're saying. So I think and, I mean he'll he'll probably play. I just don't think yeah. he's gonna have like a impact role by any means. Oh no, I I agree with that. I don't think he's gonna break. I don't I don't think he's gonna. I think he has less opportunity to be a breakout guy than Brandon Thompson does. I don't think that's a hot take just because of the amount of speed. I mean. He is going to be the Brendan Thompson is the fastest guy on the team right now, hands down. And you got him at wide receiver in the position that he needs to be in. You, Andrew Anthony is bigger, but you can't say the same. And he's an outside guy. So I, I think he plays like some. Brendan Thompson has more flexibility. I think, so I think you could throw him short yardage. I think Andrew Anthony is mostly. A long-distance throw guy. Yeah, chunk plays. All right, let's go Devin, uh, Davon Sears. Um, I, I kind of like him. Really? 
Yeah, I kind of like him. I think he's going to rotate. I don't think he's going to take a starting spot, but okay. I think we'll see him a little bit more than people expected once he committed to Oklahoma. I mean, I, I expect him to play some. Is that fair? I, I, just putting him in the play some category? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's where I have him. I don't think he's going to take the next guy's spot on the list here, but he's a guy I mean, that you can, I think you can throw in and not feel like it's a total liability. I think that's fair. And uh, I mean, just look at the teams that went after him. I mean, it wasn't like Oklahoma, North Texas, uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, which is just the University of Louisiana now. It was like some legitimate power five offers and Oklahoma actually had to win that battle. I was surprised. And like, and at one point Oklahoma was not going to win that battle with uh, Devon Sears. So I, I agree. I think he plays some, I don't think he's a guy that waits to play at all. Uh, I think he, but I also don't think he's steel snaps from your main guys that you're looking at. Uh, I think this one's pretty quick. Rondo, Rondo Bothroyd plays a lot, right? He's your immediate start, starter. starter on defensive end. Yeah. No questions asked. Uh, I think, I think everybody should, uh, he's 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 making he's he's making heads turn in spring, and you're gonna put him through the summer. Gonna go through more fall camp. He's the guy that Oklahoma really could have used last year. Going on to Caleb Schaefer, name we just mentioned earlier. Depth, wait to play. I mean, he's got, but he's got um, three years of experience. He's got three years of experience. He's a guy he's you can another plug guy play that in case of an mer- I mean, injury too. Yeah, I feel like he's a depth guy, but. Again, you look at the offensive line, and there's doesn't feel like there's anything solidified there. So, right, you know, maybe he gets a start at some point. Like on offensive line, He's a question out mark. of out of the five out of the five slots on the offensive line, how many do you think are actually solidified? Uh, Walter Rouse, Andrew Rain, but even like. I still have some questions about Rain. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, would you even say center right now? Like, Rain may start the season, but I like who they've got. Tyler Guyton. Oh yeah, Tyler Guyton. Tyler Guyton yeah, the safest. Yeah, I think I, I think yeah. No, I, I for some reason Guyton lost my mind on right tackle. Like, yeah, Guyton's starting there. He you got definitely two. Rain is still a little bit question marky to me as well, as far as. I think he starts the season as a starter, but I don't know if he ends the season as a starter. But I think he I still think maybe ends up on the, the offensive line. I think that's fair. So at least two. I can see two that. For sure. That's interesting. Two for sure. Um, Trace Ford. He's he's got the the only issue with him is the injury history. Right. He's got. I think he more he's talent. He's got the tools and the talent. Edmund I mean, Santa Fe could, kid. He easily pack on a couple more pounds and you know be a little bit better. Like they had be to limit his guy. snaps. Yeah. They had they had to limit his snaps in the spring uh due to injury history. That well, he's still coming off this, coming off the injury at Oklahoma State. This still gotta concern so, you though, doesn't it? A little bit, but I don't like I think it'll be full go in the summer. Summer and fall. We'll see. But so like plays a lot, wrote or just wrote rotates in frequently. What do you think? I think he'll play a lot. Like I, most people are expecting him to be the third pass down rusher. guy coming in and just rush yeah. the pass rusher, pass rusher, whatever. Um, but he's got the tools to be. You know, he can play multiple downs. He doesn't have to be like a player. 
Yeah, I, I thought Oklahoma did really, really awesome um, in this transfer class, especially on the defensive line. Uh, they already had Isaiah Coe coming back, which I thought was big. I, I think I thought it was bigger than others thought. Um, I think this defensive line, yeah, you don't have superstars, but you've got pretty decent talent, power five talent across the board rotating in, and I feel comfortable and with that. His comments coming in, he, he came to Oklahoma to be developed as an NFL guy. Like You're not going to go to the NFL being <laughs> – a rotational player <laughs> or you're not gonna I love be that. like you know it's a it's a, it's a backhanded it's a backhanded compliment uh not not to OU it's a compliment to OU it, it's it's a bitch slap to OSU you don't go to Stillwater if you're serious about going to the NFL I would agree with that I mean look at the coach that's gonna be interesting Especially this year. I wonder how hot I mean, this heat is. Dude, as long as he gets them to bowl games, they don't care. I think OSU's that that serious about football. I mean, if he hasn't been no. got fired by now, you know what I'm I mean? Surprised but at the, sa- at the same like time, Tucker he's brought Carlson. them generous. Oh, assistant job. Jesus Christ. For analyst, uh, at least. As a as an offensive offensive analyst, I mean offensive <laughs> analyst, um, uh, uh, I'm gonna stop talking. All right, Re- Reggie Pearson, right. <laughs> he he, uh, he we gotta move on. God, he 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 play, he's impressed me. He he seems like a guy like that him. comes in situationally uh, a lot, especially on those rundowns where those uh, safeties creep up. I think he I think he is gives. Key Lawrence a chase for his money as far as a lot of playing time, actually. Yeah, I was kind of expecting him to be a situational player because he has like yeah. what a fifth year guy. Yep. And by he's, that time, he's... if you're you know you're five in college, your your NFL upside is limited. Like if you're yeah a big time NFL player, you're gone in three four years max. But I he looked like really good. I, th- I feel I, like maybe I really good. In Brent's defense, in comparison to what he was playing under at Tech, uh, Matt Wells, um, what he was playing <laughs> at, at Tech, I think he's going to be used a lot more to his physical capabilities, but I think he also rotates in a lot. I think they rotate a heck the crap ton of, out of this defense in particular, uh, as we saw last year. Uh, Desan McCullough, I think this one's pretty easy, right? Starter. Plays a lot. Starter. Cheetah whatever you want him to do, he's going to be there. Um, it's no doubt that Oklahoma brought in an All-American uh, that candidate already. He's he's going to be a starter. Austin Stogner seems also pretty simple. Yeah. There's no one else. Exactly. There's no one else. The young, the young the kids are hurt. Guy is, uh, a guy well, with a club on his hand. He's going to be a starter, but uh, I, think, I think the true freshman you think? is Caden uh, McIntyre. Yeah. He might get some From, time. Uh, from McAllister, right? No, he'll be an out-of-state guy. Oh, no. I, okay, that's right. That's what you're talking about. That's right. But I think he might he might push for some snaps. Okay. But you, you still At think Stogner. Stogner's still a starter, but. Oh, yeah. He'll play 90%. And then, lastly, we got Jacob Lacey. The first guy at Notre Dame, uh, he said that. He said that Todd Bates was second on his recruiting, on his recruiting list, um, and or 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 something or no was it? It was Bates that mentioned it. 
Bates mentioned that they wanted Lacey at Clemson. And uh, once he entered his name in the transfer portal, that he uh, he he was the first to reach out to Lacey at Notre Dame. So what do you think about that, especially with this defensive line class already? Lacey's an interior guy that was seemingly a little bit too small to play at Notre Dame. Uh, what do you think about his status at OU? Plays a lot. The only plays some thing rotational guy. That kind of gives me hope that he'll be involved is that comment from Bates. Because they do have a plan for him. They see him at some point where he fits in this defense. But at the same time, I look at like the lack of production at Notre Dame. And I'm not I'm not too enthused about it. So I'll say he he might play some. Yeah. I want to completely write him off because I think they like him. But if he doesn't play at all, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, for, for me, I, I looked at his production. I looked at the talent at Notre Dame. Of course, Notre Dame gets better defensive line talent than OU has been. Um, but at the same time, I didn't like the production. He, he like, his last year at Notre Dame, he shut himself down and said, I'm entering the transfer portal. I'm out. Um, and so I, I'm just really curious about how it's going to go. Um, I don't I, Like you said, I don't know if he gets playing time. At, at the same time, I can see him being a guy that rotates in occasionally but not all the time, kind of like a Corey Roberson last year where he got, he got snaps. Sure. Uh, but he didn't get extensive snaps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm not sure about Lacey, but I, we feel much more comfortable with Devon Sears, Trace Ford and, um, and, uh, and Rondo Bothroy definitely on the end. And so with all that said, max Exodus of transfers in mind will happen every single year now. OU is going to be in the SEC next year. It will be that third year, like you mentioned, uh, that it takes for a strength and conditioning coach, their fruits to really uh, bear, uh, you know, to see the fruits of their labor. Uh, OU, just give me give me one of the three categories, or you can blend one of the two. Would, okay. Is OU prepared for the SEC in that year? Is OU somewhat prepared or not at all? Um... For the competition's sake. I'm going to hot take this. Okay, go for it. I'm going to say prepared. Ooh. Because if you look at Missouri, you look at Texas A&M. Sure. Those guys went into the SEC when when Alabama was really, really good. I'm not going to say Alabama's yep. fallen off by any means, but those They're were kind of okay, really, you really be, good. You can be honest. You can be honest. They're falling off a little bit. They're falling off they, a little bit. Nick Saban's having not to as, do uh, intimidating. Like, they're obviously going to be the best team in the country, but. Right. I feel like the gap is closed just a little bit somewhere I agree. in there, but I agree. It's you go in there with a new new offense that a lot of the SEC teams haven't faced for you know three years straight, so they they kind of don't have the looks that they need. I think they could find some success in the first season because I think you'll have some some upside with the with the offensive line, the defensive line, but you'll also be the newcomer, and, and that's kind of like. I mean, you look at like Missouri, they just kind of trashed the, the SEC one year and then they fell off because they got used to playing Missouri. But there's a little bit of like a benefit to being the new team. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. And I think a year of Jackson Arnold, I think Jackson Arnold plays some this year, um, not because he's blowing out teams, but I, because I think he has certain packages he comes in with because he just has a different style of playing quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. 
Um, and I think a, a second year of Jackson Arnold um, as being coached up and not thrown directly into the fire his freshman year, even though that might be beneficial for the first year of the SEC, um, I, th- I think it's going to, I think it comes together. And I think that OU is, I'll, I'll take a step back. I say, I say OU is somewhat in the middle. I would say somewhat prepared. Uh, like I would say he's in be- there in between somewhat as far as being prepared and prepared in general, they're kind of like in that neutral area. I could see OU winning maybe like after a bowl game, nine games, maybe eight games. I don't know, somewhere that first year. Um, and, but then maybe launch pad into that into the following year. But it just really honestly depends on what that first year schedule really looks like. It's like, did we really get a look at maybe OU sneak peek of the first year in the sec? Or is that just a schedule just that was just thrown out? Um, but I, I I don't think you're out, out outside of the lines by saying they, that they are prepared by any means. I mean, is Oklahoma, they are recruiting very well. They're recruiting well last year. They've recruited well under Lincoln Riley, sure. And those so many of those guys, especially the defensive ones, stayed. Um, and they've been recruiting well in 24, and they're already getting 25 guys. And I, uh, you've got talent. You just need to get the talent and, and application. And I think Damn there's fair. something to you know, being the new guy and just wanting to prove yourself in a new conference. Like, I think that would, that would up the intensity a little bit. I, I 100% agree. I mean, like you're there, you got the sec patch on your, uh, on, on your chest. And I mean, and, and there's a little bit of mystery to you as well. I mean, like teams actually now have to look at your tape for the first time in a while in comparison to all these other big 12 teams that have looked at you every year. And so I think there's a little bit of admin, added mystery to it. I mean, of course, coaches will do their due diligence just like they do for every game plan. But I think it closes the gap a little bit like that first year, like you mentioned with Mizzou. But uh, that's all I got for the pod. Do you got anything else? Uh, join the Discord. Always join the Discord. Yeah. Always join the Discord. I will always post that link in the bio of the podcast and in, in the, on, the, on the Twitter feed. Follow us on Twitter as well. Um, I'm at... K underscore Moravian and Stevens at OU updated SB. We've got some, I mean, again, I've been, we've been teasing it. We've got some big things in the works uh, from a, a mothership. I had to send over uh, some documents or files, if you will, to be converted for unveiling of said uh, stuff. So uh, we've got some good stuff and fun stuff going on. Uh, I know that Discord's been running a little bit wild and crazy with it, but it's it's been good times. Um, but uh, they'll they'll be they'll be fine. They're good guys. But anyways, yeah, soon soon we keep saying it, and it'll happen eventually. But you guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podcast, Stitcher, like literally anywhere you can give us a you can find a podcast. Uh, give us a five star review. We would definitely appreciate it. We're back on the map, uh, going every week now. Um, and the Discord link in the bio. And until next time, we'll check you guys later.